dos, uno, people of the world. Welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. Today on the show, the average Google My Business profile has 73 reviews, 45 photos, 5 posts, and a star rating of 4.08. Mind blown. TikTok faces restrictions in UK, launches new Not Going Anywhere merch. Did you know that if you put a sweatshirt on uh, that says we're not going anywhere, that the U.S. government can't shut you down? Facebook adds custom backgrounds for messenger rooms, adds new rooms discovery tools. So if you want to go say hi to some folks with a custom background on Facebook, you can do that. Twitter provides tips on effective use of Twitter lists for social media managers. Twitter list? Like what? Bollywood? Bo Battle Royales? Oh my gosh. India Cricket? Look at these examples. Facebook outlines new system for detecting fake accounts and misinformation based on interactions. Ooh, so if you're a bot, you better watch out. LinkedIn announces tougher measures against inappropriate content on this platform. Everyone's getting into policing the internet. YouTube's working on new updates for its blur tools within YouTube Studio. Gots to blur those faces facebook ads facebook shop tab and last but not least uh, a tab i should have gotten rid of earlier ladies and gentlemen this is marketing as a foreign language and it's going to begin in five four three two intro As always, if you are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or after the fact, you can join us 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time live. All you got to do is type in Send It Rising into YouTube, hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the notification bell, and boom, hop on to the live. Ask me any questions you want. Please do leave a comment. You know I love seeing those comments. If you have any questions, I will uh, have them appear above my head during the show the average google my business profile has 73 reviews 45 photos five posts and star rating 4.08 greg sterling with searchengineland.com writes the findings come from an analysis of 2.4 million local listings in over 30 business categories google my business optimization has become critical for brands and small businesses alike as the gateway to offline and increasingly online conversions Google search and maps especially are often the first points of contact for millions of consumers. I would argue that for most local service-based businesses, your Google maps listing is way more important than your organic listing. And so why wouldn't you try to maximize the number of reviews, increase the number of photos, increase the number of posts, get that star rating up. You can even include a 30 second video if that's something you're interested in doing one of the questions i've asked repeatedly this is greg sterling writing over the past few years is how many businesses have verified their listing in google my business places scout in 2019 analyzed 2.4 million business listings in over 30 categories and came up with the answer 62.2 percent which is very low everyone should obviously verify their google my business listing the study contains a wealth of valuable Google My Business benchmarking information, and here are some of los numeros, the numbers. Basic profile information. According to the study, the average Google My Business profile is 72% complete. Ridiculous. Why wouldn't you finish it? 61% have business, business hours posted, and 93% 
feature a business phone number. 73% have a URL, but only 29% on average have a business description. How do you not go through your Google My Business profile and completely fill that thing out? It is a money-making machina machine. The average profile also features just over 45 images across the board. The most recent business owner added photo is more than 100 days old. This is noteworthy because more photos translate into more visibility and consumer engagement. Only 4.4% of profiles feature a menu link and a roughly equivalent number have a reservation or booking link, 4.3%. The study was done before COVID-19 and I would expect these numbers to be higher today. Roughly 24% of profiles feature social media links. I'm going to write, please leave a comment right there, just so people know that I would love to see those comments. Google posts and Q&A places. Scout also found that only 13.4% of profiles used Google posts. This is ridiculous. This is a great way to have folks uh, interact uh, with your particular profile. Um, you definitely want to include posts whenever possible, at least once per week, I would argue. Um, because any additional information you can input directly into Google My Business, obviously, is going to have a uh, causation effect on an increase in rankings. Roughly a third of profiles, 32.2%, had questions associated with them. Let me pull up the Send It Rising. Send it rising, internet marketing. This is not a jingle that actually exists. All right. So questions and answers is something you want to include, too. Right now, for those of you on iTunes, I'm pulling up the Send It Rising Internet Marketing page and showing that we have a number of questions and answers. Anyone can leave a question. So right here, I'm clicking on the Ask a Question box. I could write, why are your burritos so expensive? Which, uh, of course, is ridiculous uh, because we don't sell burritos. The point I'm trying to make is anyone can write anything at any time. So you do want to keep an eye on those particular questions. And then here we've got examples of posts. Um, if you are creating blog content, you can kind of repurpose that content for posts. You can see our most recent post was six days ago. So these are things that you want to include in your Google My Business profile. I don't know how we're doing on photos. Let's take a look here. Google My Business Photos. So we are a little bit behind. Last photo uh, by owner was 2019 October. So it's been a bit of time. Oh my goodness. But we added a video here in May of 2020. So I take it back. We've done good. May of 2020. Look at that. Gorgeous. Fantastic. Quick wins available. Roughly 90% of Google My Business profiles are single location businesses. This means small businesses, but many of the deficiencies identified in the study likely equally apply to multi-location enterprises. The data above show there are some basic optimizations readily available. So here you go. It's time for a bulleted list. Bullet number one, add a business description. Duh. Number two, add more photos on a regular basis. Three, add all relevant menu, booking, and social media links to the profile. Four, ethically solicit reviews but more importantly, respond to reviews within 24 hours. Five, utilize Google posts regularly. Six, ask and answer Google Q&A. And that is about as easy as I can possibly make it to understand what you should do with Google My Business in 
2020 TikTok faces restrictions in UK launches new not going anywhere March as negotiations. This is from Social Media Today. Andrew Hutchinson is writing the future continue in the US. The UK government is reportedly leaning towards implementing restrictions on TikTok. So it's not just the United States of this here America. It's also the United Kingdom. Excuse me. That's how you know we're live. Uh, looking at restricting TikTok due to data gathering and sharing concerns as opposed to following America's lead and imposing a full-scale ban on the app in the region. As reported by Bloomberg, quote, a review led by the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Eddie Lister, is likely to find the app doesn't pose as big a security threat as Huawei, there we go, Huawei Technologies Company, but may still recommend the government stops the company from moving users' data out of the country. Back in July, the UK government announced that it would be cutting Chinese-owned Huawei out of its plans for developing Britain's 5G mobile phone network. Huawei was originally scheduled to supply 35% of the UK's 5G equipment, but concerns around national security and potential exposure of UK citizens' data to the Chinese government via 5G components lead to uh, led to a review and subsequent banning of Huawei from the UK program. That decision also raised questions about TikTok and its Chinese connections. At the time, TikTok was reportedly planning to open a new global headquarters in London, which was apparently shelved after the Huawei ruling. TikTok then announced that it will still be open to establishing a new UK base if the UK government would allow it to operate. The app has been under investigation in the UK for several months. So not just the United States of America, the UK is uh, going back and forth with TikTok. The reports will be welcome news for the app, which is still racing the clock to beat the US government's September, September 15th deadline to be sold off to a US company or face a full ban in the region. In a worst case scenario, it seems that TikTok would still be able to operate outside the US, but only America and India scheduling bans at this stage. The expectation, however, is that TikTok will find a way to continue operations one way or another with potentially billions, b -b 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 billions in revenue on the line and the app seeing meteoric growth in the now notoriously difficult social media space. It seems like likely that a truce will be negotiated uh, or we're in for a protracted legal battle to help TikTok avoid a full shutdown. Either way, it does seem that we have a way to go yet. So TikTok maintaining they're not going anywhere. They're selling merch, saying they're not going anywhere. Um, as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, according to ByteDance, according to the owner of TikTok, uh, 100 million monthly users in the US for the app, 50 million daily users. That's a third, a little bit less than a third of all Americans are on TikTok once per month. According to their data, the shirts and hoodies are part of a collaboration with NTWRK. Let's just call that network and visual artist Joshua Viday. Okay, there you go. TikTok always in the news. Facebook adds custom backgrounds for messenger rooms, adds new rooms discovery tools. This is interesting to me. Room discovery tools. So is it something, is there a culture here of people meeting other folks at random online? Perhaps. Facebook has announced a range of updates for its Messenger Rooms video hangout option. 
including new custom backgrounds and more ways to connect and categorize your rooms to help keep your video meetups organized. The main addition is custom backgrounds, as explained by Facebook. Quote, in addition to Messenger's AR effects, so think Snapchat, like immersive 360-degree backgrounds and mood lighting filters, <laughs> we are starting to roll out a new way to personalize your room and video chats on mobile. We are introducing the ability to customize your background with your own photos. So you can now video chat from your favorite sunset. You could even customize your background with a funny home video. I mean, this is so ubiquitous. Um, it's funny to me that Zoom was the, was the platform that really took off. I'm gonna take a look here at Zoom stock because I wanna say they were one of the, uh, the big winners. Oh, look at that. They were selling for 68 bucks as of January 2nd, and they are at 294 year to date. Oh me, oh my, that would have been a good buy. Would it not have been? So yes, Zoom taking over, but you've got all these other providers. You got Google uh, and Facebook providing options to do this. As noted, Facebook added a collection of preset 360 backgrounds and mood lighting features for video calls back in April part of the initial launch of messenger rooms but the new tools will provide more creative ways to enhance your own rooms i'm not really using messenger rooms a lot in facebook are you if so leave a comment are they good do you like them that aligns with what many other video chat tools are now offering on zoom there you go for example some users have turned their backgrounds into an art form with creative even interactive displays that add something extra to their meetings i certainly do that a lot i have a picture of kanye west in wyoming that I will often put as my background for our uh, meetings. Uh, what do you call it? Inside joke. Discover rooms. Facebook's also adding new ways to discover and connect into messenger rooms, including discover rooms. So that's what I was thinking about earlier. Rooms that you've been invited to will now show up at the top of your chats tab in your inbox. That's not what I thought that was. Create rooms. The ability to create a room is now front and center in your chats tab. Edit rooms is obvious, manage rooms, share rooms. So there you go. The features will make rooms more accessible and manageable. We don't have any official stats on rooms usage yet. And uh, you know, I think this is big, 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 but big, big, big business. Twitter provides tips on effective use of Twitter lists for social media managers. Andrew Hutchinson with Social Media Today writes, Twitter lists have long been seen by many as a secret weapon within the app, a means to more easily track and categorize different users and keep tabs on specific industry trends, updates, niche interests, and more. More recently, Twitter has been working to put more emphasis on lists. Last September, Twitter added a new option which enables users to pin their created lists as swipeable alternate news feeds making it easier to stay across the latest updates. That seems like a typo in each of your chosen list categories. While it's also working on new list discovery tools, which would enable users to locate relevant user created lists to follow uh, certain topics. Okay. So it's almost like the Twitter equivalent of the YouTube playlist. So lists are rightfully finally getting more focus and this week Twitter has published a new set of tips as uh, to how social media managers specifically can make better use of Twitter lists to maximize their efficiency and process. Why don't we open that up? So business.twitter.com 
four must have Twitter lists for social media managers. Use Twitter lists to keep your competitors close. A curated competitor Twitter list can provide insight into the tactics and effectiveness of your competitor's Twitter strategy. Showcase Twitter all-stars. Creating a Twitter list of brands with a strong Twitter pre presence can help stir up inspiration. That's good. Connect with peers in your segment. A Twitter list dedicated to peers, including other sub-accounts operated by your parent business, can offer additional insight. Um, okay, so peers. Consolidate social media news. A list for news. So four ways social media managers could be using Twitter lists. That's interesting. Excuse me. And uh, moving right along, Facebook outlines new system for detecting fake accounts and misinformation based on interactions so facebook has published an outline of a new system that is developed which will help it improve its detection of fake accounts and misinformation adding to its existing approaches and refining its overall effort in eliminating bad actors from its platforms it's fairly technical, but in this post, Andrew Hutchinson Social Media Today is going to provide a simplified overview of Facebook's new temporal interaction embedding research, which it says will provide incremental improvements to its detection process and could have a significant impact. So traditionally, according to Facebook, approaches to detecting fake accounts and other malicious activity has relied on what it refers to as static behavior, which is not necessarily reflective of how people interact, Entities on the platform, such as accounts, posts, pages, and groups, are not static. They interact with one another over time, which can reveal a lot about their nature. For instance, fake accounts and misinformation posts elicit different types of reactions from other accounts than do normal or benign accounts and posts. So, is there a distinct difference in the way that people interact with fake accounts or misinformation, which could help to identify such even without user reports? Oh me, oh my. Now we're really getting into the psychology of uh, a human uh, versus the attempted psychology, uh, or rather the uh, replication of the mind of, let's call it a fake account. Um, a fake account, I suppose, could be automated. That's one thing. So it just makes some um, fairly robotic decisions. And then you could have fake accounts that are actually um, being managed by people. So you still have people um, doing the posting. So how do you draw that distinction Algorithm algorithmically uh, if you are Facebook? That seems tricky. That's the basis of Facebook's ties system by monitoring all of the various activities and interactions with each post. Ties is able to highlight common behaviors that are linked to inauthentic entities. Quote, entities on social media, accounts, posts, stories, groups, pages, etc. generate numerous interactions from other entities over time. For instance, posts get likes, shares, comments, etc. But by users, excuse me, or accounts send or reject friend requests, send or block messages from other accounts. So it is possible, say, that a fake account uh, tries, to, it accepts every friend request because they have an incentive to reach the highest number of people. So that might be a good example of, of how a bot account could be flagged because why would you accept every friend request, even the ones that are obviously fake? At scale, Facebook's new system is now able to better match those behaviors to clear signals, which can then flag them for further examination. In this image of overall interactions, for example, Facebook says that the yellow dots are indicative of malicious activity. As you can see, the interactions with these posts is significantly different from the regular purple user actions. Looks a little bit like a yin-yang. 
The manner in which fake accounts behave is different from normal accounts. Hateful posts generate different types of engagement compared to regular posts. Not only the type, but also the target of these engagements can be informative. For instance, an account with history of spreading hate or misinformation sharing or engaging positively with a post can be indicative of a piece of questionable content. All right. Best of luck, Facebook. LinkedIn announces tougher measures against inappropriate content on its platform. So we go from one social media platform to another still with social media today amid the various divisive debates and concerns at present, which if anything look set to become even more incendiary as we head towards the U.S. election. LinkedIn has this week outlined a range of new measures that it's implementing to ensure that its members feel comfortable and protected when engaging on the platform. I am sure there are a number of people who are... Uh, being creeps, I guess, for lack of a better word, and or spreading um, misinformation on this platform. Um, every LinkedIn member, this is according to LinkedIn, has the right to feel safe, trusted, and a professional experience on our platform. We've heard from some of you that we should set a higher bar for safe conversations given the professional context of LinkedIn. So, <coughs> excuse me. So they're going to use AI. Um, there's a whole paragraph on that. And then uh, reporting uh, malicious activity. So we're going to move on. YouTube's working on new updates for its blur tools within YouTube Studio. Still with social media today, YouTube is testing a new update to its blur tool within YouTube Studio, which will make it easier for creators to blur out specific elements within their YouTube clips as part of the upload process. I love that um, because it is really annoying to have to blur content um, on YouTube. It's something I've wanted to do many times and uh, and it seems more challenging than it should be. So as explained by YouTube engineer um, Abhinav Singh, now in studio, you can blur faces, people, license plates, logos, etc., all without losing views. With improved blurring features, you're in control. With both face blur and custom blur, you are able to modify the duration, position, and size of the blur. To be clear, the blur tools have been available on YouTube since 2016. But this particular update will make it easier to control exactly what you blur and for how long. So, very cool. Facebook adding Facebook Shop tab expands Facebook and Instagram shops to all U.S. businesses. Still with social media today, it's been a while since we've had an update on the status of Facebook Shops, which it first announced would be coming soon back in May. But today, Facebook has unloaded a bunch of new updates for its e-commerce tools which will provide businesses with more ways to connect with customers and sell direct on both Facebook and Instagram. I want to say that um, they either made it free or they reduced the price for Facebook shopping due to the coronavirus. Uh, Facebook's rolling out a new shop tab in Facebook, a new place to discover businesses and shop for products in the Facebook app. They're fighting against Amazon here. As you can see, the new dedicated shopping tab will be available in the options menu and will showcase a range of businesses that are selling products direct on the platform. So, it's uh, if you hit the hamburger menu, the little three lines, you'll see a little shop tab. As per Facebook, Facebook shop makes it easy for people to find products from businesses they love, discover new ones and make purchases all in one place. Again, fighting against Amazon. It's difficult to say how much usage the features listed in this section of the app see, as opposed to giving them more prominent newsfeed space or their own lower function bar tab. But no doubt Facebook will look to also promote its new shopping options within user feeds. Facebook has a huge incentive, huge incentive to grow this. Um, all right, so the limitations. So Instagram has had the shopping tags available for some time, but it hasn't been able to facilitate in-stream purchases for everyone until now, uh, though there are some limitations. So Facebook and Instagram are pushing hard 
to sell, sell, sell. With global lockdowns, um, they set the stage for this push uh, with more people looking to shop online. Indeed, Facebook says that an estimated 85% of people worldwide are now engaging in online purchases. And Facebook's looking to use that impetus to expand its presence in India and Asia. All right. Oh, my goodness. In summary, your Google My Business profile. Add a business description. Add more photos. Add all the relevant menu, booking, and social media links. Ethically solicit reviews. Google post. Ask and answer questions. Ta-da. TikTok says they're not going anywhere. We've been following this story for a while. Um, will they go anywhere? I don't know. We're going to see. Uh, people are obviously very upset with TikTok. More on that. As time pushes forward, Facebook adds custom backgrounds. So Zoom, Facebook, Google Hangouts. I feel like there is going to be a dominant winner eventually. Um, Zoom clearly taking uh, a large market share. Twitter providing tips on effective use of Twitter lists. I did like the, uh, the various options for social media managers. Um, you could have lists of all sorts of things, uh, of your competitors, of people that are the most popular, of your peers. Um, and it'd be a quick and easy way to sort through all of the um, information there. Esther Sass writes, the info for Google My Business is incredibly important for me. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Esther Sass. I, uh, I try to add Google My Business information because it is quite relevant to local businesses for sure. So thank you for saying that. Facebook outlines a new system for detecting fake accounts and misinformation based on interactions. All right, so they're trying to really figure this out. Um, trying to algorithmically determine who should be banned from the platform. And uh, LinkedIn also doing the same, using AI to try to understand who's fake and who's not. And YouTube with a new blur tool functionality. And last but not least, uh, Facebook adding a shop tab attempting to fight against the, um, dare I say, monopoly that Amazon has over the e-commerce space. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. I had fun. Hope you did. Um, if you're listening to us after the fact, you know, would absolutely love to, for you to uh, throw a comment into wherever it is you're listening to us from, if that's Facebook, if that's YouTube, um, if you are uh, podcasting, iTunes, Spotify, uh, glad to have you on the show. This was episode 65, I want to say. So we're doing pretty good, feeling, feeling good about all that. Thank you, Esther Sass, for the comments. Much appreciated. And uh, we will see you all tomorrow. Time for the outro. Talk to you later.